It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, welcome everyone. You're on The Build-Up as we get ready for today's game against Ottawa. We're going to get into some Barracuda talk today with Nick Nolenberger. Uh, but for the Sharks, this is a big game, especially, you know, you look at the way the trip started off with a win and then they had a bad finish against Toronto. You know Tomas Hurdle is going to want to atone for his sin. You know the Sharks are going to want to pick up where they left off on a previous road trip where they won three out of four and see if they can do that again on this one. And there's no time like the present to find out. But we are now joined on the Sharks Audio Network by the voice of the Barracuda, Nick Nolenberger. And I was thinking about this earlier today, Noli, because, um, and it might have been a pandemic casualty, but over on uh, Hagenberger by the Coliseum, um, you know, where the A's play, there was a Hagenberger burger joint. So at Tech CEO Arena, do we have a, uh, do we have a Nolenberger burger that you can order? And if not, what are we doing to make that happen? <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm not. I'm not blowing smoke. That has been something that, by no means, is it ever going to happen. But that has been a suggestion to me. I can't even count how many times. I think it's. It's it, maybe it's a foregone conclusion that one day I just open up a burger joint to fulfill that. But uh, as of now, there there are no preliminary discussions about putting uh, a Nolan Burgers inside Texas Arena. We, we so. need to figure that like it at least should be an option. Like if the, like if there's a Dodger dog, like you should be able to get a Nolan Burger. So <laughs> I don't know. I I, I, I need to put another like 20 years into this, so then maybe I'll start. Uh, <laughs> knocking doors on, on upper management see what i can do <laughs> we'll work on it we'll put it we'll you know we'll put that log it. in the fire and see if you're we can playing get that it. seed for me yeah. thank you <laughs> so uh you've got you know a couple of home games this weekend you've got the back-to-back uh both versus tucson and then you get a couple of days off but just um you know thirty thousand foot view of the team and where things are right now i know that you know you're above 500 that's that's good but i also know that the offense um, has not been as much of an upgrade as maybe they had hoped there would have been from one year ago. So well, where does everything stand right now? You know, it's been really interesting. It's been somewhat of a teeter-tottering season so far, if you will. The team won its first four, then lost five straight. We've kind of been on this win one, win two, lose one, lose two type of situation. Mm-hmm. This this team coming into the year, we were around the middle of the pack in terms of average age. Well, that age has kind of dropped over the last uh, couple of weeks. Now we're in the bottom third in terms of youthfulness. So we're one of the youngest teams in the league. There's a lot of new pieces. And as I was diving into it, just looking at this upcoming weekend and why there's been some inconsistencies in the team's performance from a win-loss standpoint, a couple of things that I circled, one was fatigue. The team just played 13 games in the month of November. That was a franchise record. Two, you've got young players who are coming into the mix, still getting used to the professional game and the rigors that is professional hockey, because it is a grind. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you get maybe a day off a week, and in the AHL, the Pacific Division, we're busing a lot, and we're traveling a lot when it comes to, to some flights, but 
none of it's private flying. It's all commercial flights. So it's a different animal. And I think it just wears on you by no means are our players complaining. I think we've got a pretty good in the Pacific division, but you couple the fact that you had a very heavy schedule in the month of November, and then you kind of dive into some of the details of the game, the Barracuda from a rookie standpoint, their rookies have accounted for over 50% of their goals scored this year, which is really encouraging. So the players like, a Bordalo and Eklund, Gushin, Robbins. These guys are producing and providing offense. The problem is the team has basically been in the bottom of the AHL in terms of goals for per game all year long. Now that was due in part because the power play was really struggling. It was sitting at the bottom of the league for the first month and change. It has since awoken. They have power play goals now in seven straight games. So it's inching its way up the ladder. And that's helped the goals for. Now, defensively, there's been some struggles. The penalty kill, which has been really dynamic all year, and really the bread and butter of the team, it's been sitting near the top of the AHL all year long. Well, it's been a little bit porous over the last couple of games, multiple power play goals against in the last two games against Iowa. So all of a sudden, you're not maybe getting the goaltending you had before. The offense is starting to turn around. The defense has been really ravished by injuries. Derek Pooley, out of veteran player, a former first-round pick of Pittsburgh, was really good at the start of the year. He's been out for the last three or so weeks. And Terry Hatika is dealing with an upper body injury. His return, very too much uh, to be determined. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do not know when he'll get back. So you've got recalls with Chichak and now Harrington. The the back end's been, been really thinned out. The goaltending position has been great. But again, you can't rely on the goaltending in the way that we have on a nightly basis the young players have been scoring but uh we haven't got as much depth scoring as maybe we anticipated so it's been a mixed bag on why the results have been so up and down but when you see this team play at its best there's a lot of really exciting things about this group and it makes you think if they can get it together kind of get some of the kinks out of their game tighten up defensively get healthy on the blue line they could be one of the best teams really in the ahl again it's to be determined they've got to prove it on the ice but certainly the pieces are there and that's an encouraging sight especially coming off how things transpired last year really thin from a prospect standpoint last season not really the case this year pretty deep on that front so there's been various uh, issues i would say but also a lot of positives so far this year now obviously want to ask you about both bordelo and eklund because that's you know that topic is never going away but i do want to ask you uh, about how John McCarthy is handling everything as a first-year head coach, and you know the 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 change of getting away from Roy, who you know is an institution, um, just just how John's been handling it, and you know obviously he's thought of very very well, a highly regarded guy, he's got the mind for it. Um, you know his individual story is uh, is very unique, and you know just in terms of you know your perspective on how he's been handling it, because it's not. You know, he's tasked with quite a lot right now because it's not just about wins and losses. The Sharks organization is also saying like, hey, you're building the future, John. Like, congratulations to day number one. Like, here's a lot of pressure. Well, there there is certainly a lot of pressure because the Sharks are obviously going through a transitional period where in the next year they're going to look at these prospects and hope that they can contribute. Now, right now, John has the, the fortunate situation that the organization – has said, at least to this point, we're going to have our young players marinate in the AHL. Mm-hmm. We have not seen that over the last handful of years where guys would play a little bit in the AHL for a month or so, and then all of a sudden they're yo-yoing between the two leagues. Now, yeah. COVID played a huge impact on all of that, obviously, because you had the taxi squad and you had guys not even playing for you know weeks on end before they get back into the lineup. So that situation has not been a factor, which has been great. Prior to the last weekend, 
there was one player that had been called up to the Sharks and played games, and that was Nick Chichet. Mm-hmm. We had Aaron Dell and Jeff Vl get recalled and play the other day during this road trip the Sharks are on. So we, we've seen a little bit more of that. But John's really had a consistency in his lineup in terms of the personnel, which I think has been very beneficial for him. It's been beneficial for the team. The, the com- camaraderie amongst the group is really good. Everybody enjoys each other. There's a good mix of veterans and, and young players. But for John specifically, there's going to be a learning curve in any, any situation. But his knowledge and his experience as a player and just his personality, it's been really almost incredible incredible to watch how quickly he's assimilated into this role and taken it on and been able to basically become an American League coach somewhat out of thin air if you think about where his career has gone since he retired Mm -hmm. and he seems like he's been doing it for 15 years the way he speaks the way he cares himself the way he interacts with the training staff and the players and the assistant coaches it's pretty incredible he's a very easygoing guy He's going to be a player's coach at the same time. He wants the best for these guys. He has told me at times there's going to be tough love from time to time because when it you boil it down, I want the best interest for every single player. Now, he understands not every guy is going to get to the NHL, but when a player leaves him, having played for him, he wants them to look back on their time fondly in the sense that I had a coach that cared about me, put mm-hmm. me in the best situations, and wanted me to succeed. And that's really all you can ask for from an American League coach. He's got a lot of talent at his disposal. But these young players, as you know, there's a reason why they're not in the NHL and a reason why it's tough for them to stick in the NHL because they score a lot, and that made them a high draft pick. But it's all the little details that allow you to stick in the NHL on a consistent basis. If you cannot defend, if you can't make the right plays, you can't be in the NHL. There's just too much at stake. So you learn all those little things in the AHL. And I think John's been a, a great guiding force for these young players. Again, everybody's really enjoyed being around each other, even though the results have been a little bit erratic. This is a really close team. It's a young team that likes to enjoy each other's company outside of the rink. They're all friends. So it's been fun to watch, and John is just right at the top, just another piece of it all. But um, it, it's been incredible to watch him take on this role and really run with it. And again, he seems like a guy who's been doing it forever. How much did John go to the the Scott Reedies and the you know the Jeffrey VLs and these guys that got to play extended time previously in the NHL and say that they had to either be that much better or maybe even be that much more part of the process of teaching everyone what it took. Like I understand that, you know, Bordalo got some time and Eklund got some time, but not the same as, you know, a, a guy like even a Ryan Merkley last year who saw a, a considerable amount of time. Well, you know, I don't know if that conversation was ever really directly had where he went to these specific players who got a lot of time last year and said, Hey, this is going to be how it's going to be. I think these guys saw the writing on the wall in terms of a new regime, a different approach. And basically I've got to come into this year with a fresh slate and everything I did last year and prior has no bearing on me getting NHL time this year. What it's created is a lot of internal competition. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's elevated the group as a whole. Um, but the organization also, as you saw this offseason, they made a concerted effort to bring in NHL established guys. Mm-hmm. And they did the same thing in the American Hockey League. I think of uh, Andrew Agazino, who's in his yep. 10th year of professional hockey, who's wearing the C for this group. This guy has seen it all at the American League level, has played the National Hockey League. 
He's played with the likes of a, a Sidney Crosby. He's been in the Pacific Division before. He's been really good. And John's going to be the first one to tell you because he was in that situation only a few years ago. Sometimes the message needs to come from the group. It, it doesn't always need to come from the coach, and it doesn't always resonate when it comes from the coach. So he's really relied on those veteran players. And now Reedy's a young player in his own right, really only his second year. We think he, he's been around longer than that. So he's still early in his career, and I think still in a, a developmental stage of his career. Because to get to the NHL, again, you've got to refine all the, the little nitty-gritty parts of your game to be able to get up to the National Hockey League. So John's implemented his experience, and he's relied on these veteran players. They brought in uh, Luke Johnson. I mentioned Derek Pouliot. Uh, CJ, CJ Cease. These are guys who have played a lot in the HL, have mm-hmm. NHL experience as well, and have really been a, a good voice and an alternative voice to the players that is not just coming from the coaching staff. All right, let's talk about Thomas Bordalo, who we got a pretty good look at at the end of last year. Obviously, in my opinion, his game wasn't NHL ready as of yet, but you saw a lot of raw talent. The thing I really liked about Bordalo is that. He always received the puck in a heads-up position with really good body positioning. Like he was always, it was like as he was getting the puck, he was already ready to make his next move, which is interesting because he's not like the quickest, fastest, biggest, strongest guy out there. So you could tell that he had worked on those other aspects of his game. Like his overall, like the way he was setting himself for the next move was was very apparent to me. Um, so what have you what have you seen from him so far this year? Well, he's still a young player, as you mentioned. He's twenty years. Old. He played two years of college hockey, so he's still very green. But those little things that you're referring to, I think that's a great point. We're football fans. You hear it all the time with with football players, especially at the quarterback position. Well, his dad was a coach. He's yeah, a coach's son. He he thinks the game differently than maybe the rest of the players on the field. In the same way for Thomas Bordelai, I really think he's advanced beyond his years because of the position that he's in. His dad, Sebastian, is a development coach for the Nashville Predators. His grandfather played in the NHL just like his dad. He comes from a lineage of hockey players, so his development has been accelerated. And the path that he took to Michigan um, was maybe a path that a kid who was born in Texas, grew up for half of his life over in Europe, in Switzerland, and then now calls Quebec home. He took a really unique path in playing for the U.S. development program, Mm -hmm. going to Michigan instead of going to major junior hockey. Played two years there because he wanted to get the college experience. Had a pretty good experience, too, if you think about it, with all the star players that were on that Michigan team. And now he's come into this situation. He just has a really mature approach to him. If you ever interview him, he's really articulate. Yeah, I think he's really uh, he really thinks about his answers. Uh, he's not just spewing hockey talk, if you will. Uh, really tries to put thought into it. And uh, he, he's just a, a kid that's very mature for his age and i was talking to one of his coaches a while back who used this uh term very worldly and i think that goes back to his upbringing and his background with his parents and with his grandfather so yeah he's been really impressive now there's times i think with any young player and this is just par for the course where one night you don't see him and he was he was absent in a a sense and then other nights he's just lighted up And he's had stretches where he has been the best player on the ice and he continues to put up points. And I think the points would just start to to string together as he gains more and more confidence and gets more comfortable with the league. Um, But it's been really encouraging. He's tied for first among rookies in the AHL in goals with nine. When he came in last year, he was more of a playmaker. He had three assists in his first game, played two games with the Barracuda, and then, of course, went with the Sharks. 
but more of a playmaking role. This year he's been shooting more and he's been scoring. So that's been good to see. And uh, they've had him playing with Eklund and Robin. So you have three rookies on one line, and it gives you an idea what the coaching staff sees with that group. Potentially a line in the future, we'll see. But all the skill in the world, and they all get along off the ice, and they all enjoy each other. They're all good buddies. And for Sharks fans, I think that's pretty exciting when you think about the future because you're going to have a built-in chemistry when those players are ready to get to the National Hockey League. And then, of course, William Eklund. He has not quite the same lineage as Bordalo, but his dad played um, over in the Swedish League as well. And, you know, he understands exactly what uh, what it takes. Like, these guys, you know, they, they got to see their father kind of display that to him. And, you know, Eklund, to me, just... He has that 360 eyesight, like watching him play, you know, whether it's been in preseason or whether it's, you know, limited NHL or with the Barracuda, you know, he just like to me, his vision is so very, very apparent. He's still obviously growing into that body, although I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Benino. He called Eklund uh, like a rock or stone or something is his nickname because he says he's like, yeah, he's not that big until you actually touch him and you realize he's built and he could knock you on your backside. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because like you like for me, like if you see Eklund in his pads, maybe not the most imposing guy, but when you see him like when he's getting ready for a game, dude's legs are huge. Like he is he's a lot like thicker than I think you would expect. Yeah, and he put on a lot of weight. I don't know the exact number, but from last year to this year, it was apparent that he was quite a bit more stout than he was the year prior. He's never going to be the tallest guy at 5'11", but he needs to put on some mass and needed to put on mass to deal with the rigors of North American hockey. And yeah, He's been great. His skating ability, his vision, his playmaking ability has been off the charts. And just like Bortolo, there's times when you know, there's some erratic uh, levels to his play. But overall, if you ask the coaching staff, um, he's done a lot of good things this year. And I think him beginning the year in the AHL and, again, building those relationships and friendships with the likes of a, a Robbins and a Bordalo, hopefully that's the future for the Sharks. That's been huge. He's hanging out with guys who are his age, which I think is really beneficial as well. Has been in the pro level for the last couple of years over in the SHL. Now he's with kind of his peers to a degree on this team. And a lot of prospects that are in the same boat as him trying to get to the NHL, trying to hone their skills. Um, but, yeah, he, he's oozing with talent. There's a reason why they took him in where they did in the draft. And it's you can't teach certain things in that skating ability, mm-hmm. hockey sense, vision, playmaking ability. You've probably seen some of the highlights, but he's tried to pull off this spinorama move about 10 different times. And he scored on it the other day. But mm-hmm. every single time that he's done it, he carries it up the right wing and he uses a spinning move to kind of get himself some separation from the defender. Every single time it's worked. He hasn't finished it every time. He has one goal, I think, on the, the, I don't know, seven, eight times he's used it. But every single time it's generated an opportunity. I don't know if that move is going to work every time in the NHL, but what it shows you is he's got incredible skating ability, Mm -hmm. ability to get on defenders quickly and then blow past them. I don't know if he's the fastest skater on the ice, but just his quickness and his fluidity uh, is apparent. And it's a lot of fun to watch. And and just watching these guys and the way that they scan and read the play and their ability has been uh, it's been pretty fun to watch. And again, as as they get more comfortable, I think the results with the team will continue to improve as well. And as everybody kind of gets their game going as a collective group, uh, everybody will benefit. So, yeah, he's been uh, I would say so far this year, he's been as advertised and all these young players have. So I think that's all you can ask for through a couple of months of the season. Noli, I know you've got a busy weekend, so I will let you go. Let's see if we can get uh, two wins against Tucson to Tech CU, man, and I will see you soon, all right? 
Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Ted. Again, that is Nick Nolenberger, the play-by-play voice of the San Jose Barracuda. Once the Sharks game ends tonight, you can flip over to your app and select the Barracuda option and go listen to the game against Tucson for an entire afternoon and then evening of hockey. We're all out of time. Be sure to join us at 3.30 for live pregame coverage for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.